baptize you with water, but one who is more powerful than I is coming. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. What John the Baptist said is also true of me. I have come to baptize, and I will be using water while one more powerful than I applies the heat. In retirement, I'm surrounded by munchkins, our baby candidates included. From my desk at home, looking through the window, I may see Miss Parker Carey Stevens, our neighbor just across and down the street, with her big brother and two sisters, one boy, three girls, I all five years old or less, with their mother Katie pushing a contraption that might have been designed by Dr. Seuss. Counting heads, I think. Imagine the band-aids it takes to run that house. That occurs to me because what I see is what we've got in our house, too. My Julie has turned our house into a romper room, and it runs on princess band-aids, gummy worms, and bite-sized chicken meatballs. Baptism candidate Mary Porter Elizabeth Keller, my granddaughter, who was born while Arkansas was beating Texas last September, isn't old enough for meatballs yet, but her big sister Rosie gobbles them, as does their cousin Caroline Stevens, who is also cousin to our neighbor Parker and her siblings. You get the picture. When I was dean, we had an empty nest. Now that nest is safety clipped, alarmed, and intercom in what was once upon a time the liquor closet stocked with apple juice and metamucil. <laughs> I used to entertain you with Carl Bart. Now I can tell you every dog in Paw Patrol with name, insignia, and ride. Guy, the chopper pilot, is my favorite pup. You, I taught faith and science. Now, I sing the ABCs. We work on hot, don't touch. When two of them or more are with us, we work at playing nice and against the grain and start learn, we start to learn to share which we grown-ups know is easier to preach than practice. This description makes it sound like I'm the one in charge of the instruction. That's hilarious. Ask our girls who runs the show at Pops and Daisies. They'll tell you, I'm the curate, Daisy is the dean. Too soon for us, our candidates will learn to sit, stand, walk, then run. We'll watch them graduate from Goodnight Moon to Charlotte's Web. By then, they'll have started with the questions. And for everyone that's answered, have another in the seat. And some of those, in innocence, they'll go where grown-ups fear to tread. That's when I say, ask your parents. Or maybe, ask the dean. On schedule, we'll start first grade, where they will learn, I trust, the beauty of our country.
the good that it has done and the hope it represents. Amid the higher grades, the learn again, I trust, to grapple with our sins, knowing that we grapple not as other nations do that have no hope. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. Jesus said that from death's door, quoted in our gospel reading. He practiced the art of parenting and teaching, knowing when the child or student is or isn't ready for what's next. What was next right then for Jesus was arrest and crucifixion, which was not what anyone but he expected for a Savior. For the world, this would be a lesson in the meaning of the word divine. Christ promises, when the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. All the truth is a high mountain. Rising from one plus one makes two on up to the doctrine of the Trinity, including in between such formulas as E equals MC squared, books like The Origin of Species. For most of that, we don't need instruction from the Holy Spirit. We have God-given tools to dig it out. But the source of every inch of it is God. The Spirit we do need to guide us to the mountaintop. It's time for Carl Bart. Bart describes creation as enclosed in Christ. That's the doctrine of the Trinity. Identifying Christ with God in whom we live and move and have our being with all creation. Not only is the world enclosed in Christ, it has been illumined by Him from within. From the goodness of His life, to the shadow of His death, and to the triumph of His resurrection. I baptize with water. That progression is the fire. Naturally, we wish our little candidates could hop from A to Z and skip the shadow. And God knows we try. We put the clips on cabinets and gates and gates on stairs to ward it off. And we would do that forever if we could. We can't. Soon they learn. Maybe they asked about that mask someone is wearing. Or accidentally catch an image on the television news from Ukraine or Texas. Mama, what was that? And then they come to church where we don't try to hide it. Remember you are dust, and to dust you shall return, we say, against the grain, to children, marking them with cinders on Ash Wednesday. In church, we see the beauty of creation and celebrate the goodness of it and learn to grapple with the darkness with trust in the triumphs of the light. We boast in our sufferings, like St. Paul, explaining that suffering generates endurance, which builds character, which produces hope. That progression, that progression, we don't need faith to see. It's the wisdom of experience. But Paul doesn't stop with that. 
and hope he continues doesn't disappoint. A lot of people don't believe that. Aren't hopes disappointed every day? Paul knows they are. The truth he preaches is that through our losses, hope's fulfillment is assured. From before creation, God is love. When the world and life are spent, the love endures. Behold, it says, I make all things new. This love is not only far off up there, it is also near down here. The Holy Spirit beats in Mary Porter's heart and breathes in Parker's lungs. Do you believe in Jesus Christ, the Son of God? Yes, that are the sponsors. It takes a little faith to trust what I've just said. We're a long way up from hot, don't touch, and good night, moon. I believe in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, the answer. Speaking to the baby girls. Carl Bart was sitting out there in a pew. He would politely hold his peace while privately objecting. Bart was baptized as an infant. At the age of 82, in his last of many books, he says why, in his opinion, this was not a good idea. Faith is a decision that must happen in a person's heart and mind. Baptism should embody that decision. It's the most grown-up thing that we could ever do. Our Baptist cousins have been saying that to us for centuries. For centuries, we've replied by pointing to our sacrament of confirmation. Yes, faith is an adult decision. Our baby girls will someday face it. In their hearts and minds, they'll be free to take or leave it. To take it, they'll stand before a bishop. Do you believe in Jesus Christ, the Son of God? He or she would ask. I do, they'd answer. That's when formally and publicly they claim these promises their sponsors make on their behalf today. And it is also true that privately and spiritually, to keep the faith, we have to claim it day by day and from minute to minute in a crisis, no matter the age when we were baptized. Who am I to argue with Karl Barth? But that old reply is still my answer. I'm not for holding back the water from the children. Forbid them not, Christ said, to such belong the kingdom. Also, I love the uniform. Here's what bothered Bart, the church. Bart died in 1968. 20th century Christianity was the spiritual equivalent of the 21st century Russian army, more impressive on parade than in the trenches. In Germany, most Christians made peace with Adolf Hitler. Over here, down south, our church was cozy with Jim Crow. Going back to Moses, this has always been a problem. We Christians take our cues from whatever pond we happen to inhabit. Where there's a rub between the truth we claim in faith 
and other attitudes and habits that have taken hold among our friends and neighbors. So often faith and hope and love surrender. Bart's call was for a smaller church, more Zelensky-like than Russian. I don't need a ride. I need ammunition. Our faith is moonlight, the reflection of a miracle. Bart puts an accent on it. We presuppose, he writes, Christ's resurrection from the dead. Bart is not speaking metaphorically. Jesus died as literally as we do, and then, miraculously, was raised. He is now more literally alive than you and I are. That's what resurrection meant to Bart, to which I say, Amen. The resurrection shines on human history from the starting blocks until the finish line. It illuminates the origin of species through the processes of evolution. In his book, Genes, Genesis, and God, Holmes Ralston speaks of natural history as a passion play. Through death, new qualities of life emerge. The whole creation shares its pathos. It culminates in Christ who submits to crucifixion and rises to reveal a new creation. Our world is bound for glory. Today, we claim that for our girls. We will hold it for them while they learn to walk and count to ten and say, Yes, ma'am, no, sir. Their parents and godparents will teach them to pray, which is the deepest reach of please and thank you. As they grow to find that pain and happiness are intertwined, with faith they'll learn to profit from life's pathos, not to death. These girls are music. I'm thinking clarinet and violin, but who knows, maybe they'll turn out saxophone and slide guitar. God knows. He sees the future with the past. From where we stand, mid-mountain, we can't see the future and can only guess its prospects, which worry us. But we hear the music and know its intertwining themes and their crescendo. We know life's goodness and that it is threatened daily but vindicated in the end. In their years ahead, our girls will play their variations on those themes with their own distinctive sound and color, adding flourishes and jazz to the world ensemble. As creation swells to its ecstatic climax when straight on. They see the sun. <laughs>